Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Welcome to the Mile High Hockey Lab. My name is Adrian Hernandez. I am joined by Evan and Jackie today. We are going to be talking all things Colorado Avalanche. Um, if you enjoy this live broadcast, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. And if you are unable to catch the live broadcast, don't forget that we post all of these broadcasts on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Audible, Megaphone, podcasts available prior, or excuse me, following the broadcast. So without further ado, let's just drop the puck and get right into it because I think we have a lot to talk about, especially with the first topic. So the first topic is the poll of the week. Uh, and our poll of the week was, why are the Avalanche so damn injured this season? And I gave fans four different options, and I thought two of them were hilarious and two of them were realistic. So that's kind of my approach. First option was short off season. Second option was bad luck. The third option was <laughs> the dented Stanley curse. And let's see here. The fourth option is Bennington casting spells. So I'll start with you, Evan. Tell me, of the four, what would you have chosen? And as you can see, Bad Luck won won the race. What's your choice? Yeah, I was going to say bad, bad Luck won. I may or may not have voted for Bennington cursing the Avs yeah. because that that just seems like such a Jordan Bennington thing to do yeah. but I could go, I could dive down that rabbit hole later. Yeah. Point being though, um, I, it, it's the bad luck that I think has gotten to the abs. Um, you could throw in the short off season as well. I mean, Landis Skog was still having his knee issues after, even after getting surgery, after winning the cup and then getting sur- surgery again. Right. So, you know, you can look at it both ways, I feel like, but we're just getting this, we're just getting the bad luck out of the way now rather than in April and May, thank goodness. Yeah, and Jackie, I'll ask you the same question. Do you think it's a combination maybe of like the short off season and bad luck, or are you more leaning towards just bad luck also? Um, No, I think it's several things. Um, <clears throat> luck is, is definitely part of it. Uh, it. It always sort of seems to happen at this time of year. I, there were injuries last year to start the season, but true. I do think the short off season, it's just um, – less recovery time for everybody, anything that was nagging. Um, some of them definitely seem like new injuries, but you also can't tell. So it just makes you wonder. But I also think something we talked about is the lack of depth. Yeah. And it, it was something we talked about just even a week into the season was just going to start to overtax everybody. And I, I don't necessarily think the injuries are maybe like a an overwear type of thing, but it just happens. You're on the ice more you're more susceptible because we have lost some of the, the the better players, the ones that play a lot of minutes. So I think uh, just having them out, out there longer is um, uh, makes them more susceptible to risk. And then, so I think it's all part of it. Some, some just, it's just that time of year and some, they kind of created the situation a little bit. Yeah. I would, I would say too, like rolling off of like the creating the situation point the it seems pretty clear to me that like Landeskog in particular was was not as healthy as we were led on to believe based on his playing <laughs> in the Stanley Cup final um, definitely he he w- he was never at morning skate right. so i think it was clear that like 
he was just doing all he could just to play the game. Yeah. So well, I even saw uh, it. I saw a story that you know, Magna. Somebody said, you know, people don't think about some of these depth guys and their contribution to cup wins. But like one of the weird things that he did was he and Landeskog wore the same size mitts, and because Landeskog wasn't taking any morning skates, the morning of Game Six. Landeskog bought brand new warrior gloves, but he knew he wasn't going to be in morning skate to break them in. So he actually had Magna take morning skate in his gloves so that they would be broken in for game. So it's like that goes to show, like you said, he wasn't even taking morning skate. And I thought that was kind of like a cool anecdote about Magna and kind of how those depth guys and AHL guys really contributed last year. For sure. Yeah, that's really unique. I didn't I didn't know that. I don't that's that I don't know where you pulled that out of but that's really cool. Yeah. The, that was Peter Baugh's book. Yeah, I think I saw uh, somebody quoted yeah, Peter's book and and said that I I was just kind of blown away by it. I hadn't I haven't actually read the book, so now I'm going to have to go buy it and read the book cuz that's you're, saying that, it, you're, so. you're tempting me now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Magna's reward for that, he gets on waiver to Arizona or not Arizona, Anaheim. So right. and good on him. And speaking of waivers, <laughs> I think one of the hot topics has been Martin Kaut hitting the waiver wire and he's he's survived he's still a Colorado avalanche and I think that everyone on this panel is happy about that but I think most most of us it's probably Jackie because I know Jackie he's got a special place in your heart are you glad to see him clear Are you think he's gonna stay in the A or they'll bring him back up um I'm kind of not glad that he cleared because I think he deserves an opportunity elsewhere right I think he has proven that he's at least a or nhl quality okay and um <clears throat> i mean i it would be bittersweet not like i want to see him gone but if, if it's not going to work out here i'd rather see him have a career than um than not because mm-hmm. the window is so short like you you could only have so long to have a second chance somewhere else so um i don't know i i think they should bring him back just because I think he's the best quality of anybody that they've called up. So I want the team to be better. And I think having the others play makes the team worse. So, I mean, he's going to play well in the AHL because he has for the last several years. Right. And it, it would be hard to justify never bringing him up again. But you could also look at if they've just decided he doesn't fit, then what else? then yeah. why keep forcing it? But so it's very strange to me. I I don't know why nobody would want him at this point. I, it's, it's odd, and I don't think it point. I think there's a lot of theories out there. That there's like something going on that people don't, you know, something bad that everybody <clears throat> that behind closed doors knows. I don't think it's anything like that. I think that's kind of ridiculous. It's just, it's just really hard for depth guys to really find a role, and and some do and some don't, and it almost just seems kind of like whoever's favored or whoever fits yeah gets that and um so yeah that's how i feel about it i'm very disappointed and i i could you I, know i just wish that he had a chance somewhere else i guess at this point yeah that's that's a good point and i could see i can see now that now that you've kind of shed that light how you could feel that way especially given your likeness for cal and i i think if you read between the lines bednar had that comment of like if you quit yada 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 and then we saw Cout be sent down and be put on waivers and stuff. I think if you look a little too far into that, you can draw some conclusions that might not actually even be there. 
Um, right. Which, that That's how I feel. Yeah. I think it's a bit unfair to him because it's not like he got benched in that no. game. And, and um, <clears throat> like, you can look at the analytics, like he was doing so many good things. And yeah, I just think people want to look for a reason why a 16th overall pick can't stick. So it has to be something like that. And yeah. I think that's really unfair for sure. And I mean, that, that game, that game was rough as a whole. Anyway, you're mm-hmm. playing the league leading Boston Bruins. Who've lost three games all year, just walloped Colorado just days before in their barn. Right. right. Like, you know, I, I get, I get what Bednar was saying with the, you know, don't quit attitude. Like, of course that, that makes hundred percent perfect sense, but it's hard to do it when you have AHL players in your lineup and it's hard for him to, probably even coach them at this point i think he did mention a comment of like you know i i can't i'm not able to like fully coach i like sit i haven't like sat down and talked with them yet about their play right um so how can i yeah he's like i'm not gonna tell them about their game when i haven't even met with them essentially exactly yeah so it's it's just a long it's a long process at this point and you just need players back so if you need players jared i'm here i put the jersey on today (laughs) for a specific reason um i am 510 uh like 220 and haven't skated in a long time or puck handled so i was gonna say i'm your guy he's probably gonna but are you good in the room yeah i'll do do my best in the room i'll I'll fill that's that's the the kicker right jackie yeah, that's so funny. Yep. So with all of these injuries, I think one of the things that I've like really started to focus on as somebody who can't help but look way too far ahead most of the time, um, I'm starting to worry about how long and how far the Avs can kind of slide before it's too late when guys start to really come back and we start to see the roster look like it's supposed to. Like, Here's my here's my reasoning, and I'll lay it out on the table, and then you guys can take it from there. So this month of December, the Avalanche probably play more games in this month than in any other month of the season. Add to that the fact that they play probably the least in any month. I think I think it's uh, March, March maybe, or February. They play the least amount of games. So basically, I'm saying now is when they're injured, and now is when they're playing games. And then they're going to get healthy, but there might not be enough games to make up to stay in the picture. We'll start with you, Jackie. What, How far down the line do you think this can go? And how far out of the picture do you think the Avs can be and win and still have a chance to make the playoffs? I am kind of avoiding looking like at the standings, <laughs> or, this, or especially every day. Um, I think... What helps is that they're not playing the West as much right now, and True. especially their, their division. So it is a lot of Eastern Conference teams. And the spring will be a lot more of because the Avs haven't played really the Pacific very much at all, and then they they've um, played every team in their division except Arizona at this point. So um, <clears throat> they've done okay against their division so far. So I guess what I'm saying is right now they're playing a lot of the East. And so maybe at this point that that's sort of an okay schedule, aside from the fact they are playing every other day. Um, But it's how far. I don't really think it's points as much as you don't want to have to climb over too many teams. I wouldn't want to see them slip under St. Louis, who struggled as well. I guess that's my sort of bar that... Because I, I believe St. Louis is still several points behind 
Yeah, and, they're sitting at 24 game... and we're at 27. So yeah, you're exactly Yeah, right. so this game upcoming this weekend would be big for that. Um, you just don't want to be behind like four or five teams to get in a playoff spot because it's so hard to pass multiple teams. Um, I think they're doing okay. They're still at least over 500. Obviously, the cushion's gone, so they pretty much need to keep playing at 500, I think, which is possible. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, if, if it starts to get any worse than that, then then you really start getting concerned. I don't think they're yet, though. Yeah, and what I'm mostly worried about is like when you look at the Pacific and then you look at the wild card the Kraken are kind of a surprise, right? Like we didn't expect them to really be yeah. a part of the Pacific race. So, and we did expect Edmonton and we did expect Calgary to, and they're the two wildcard teams in the West right now. So like if the standings stayed the way they were today, the Avs are out because just because they're not in the top three in the central. And I think that might end up being the case, even if the teams are kind of jumbled differently, I still think the Pacific might snag two wild card spots, so it becomes super important to win these divisional games, and and to stay competitive inside the Central. And tell me, you know, Evan, maybe you can expand a little bit on on that. Like, for example, we're one point out of the Central right now, behind the Wild, who essentially have the same record as us, other than another OTL. How many points or how many games back from that third spot in the Central do you think is a comfortable place? I kind of agree with Jackie getting under St. Louis is when it would get really tough. Okay. Um, Cause I'm, I mean, looking at the standings, you still have Nashville and St. Louis behind us. They're pretty much neck and neck. And then Arizona and Chicago are in their own league. Um, they get down there. Then there's other issues to talk about besides injuries, but right. point being, um, you know, the, that does make this, this upcoming game against St. Louis primetime national TV, you know, even bigger than, you know, it had, it would have been before. So, um, you know, I kind of agree with Jackie there, like getting under St. Louis, but also uh, something that is of the benefit for the Avs is that they've only played 24 games. Right. Um, And they haven't played that many teams and they have, they have their, their week long trip to, to um, Finland to, you know, help them out there. They only played two games in like a week or whatever. So you know, they they still they have only played 24 games looking ahead in the standings. Winnipeg and Minnesota have both played 25 games. Dallas has played 27 games. Um, if you want to look at the wild card race again, Edmonton and Calgary have played 27 and 26, respectively. Um, St. Louis has played 27 games. So, you know, it. I'm not too concerned right now about dropping fully out of the playoffs. Right. What I'm most concerned about is obviously how far out we get. Do you fall? That's right? my that's yeah. my major concern. And and like, let me you you make a great point. Twenty four games only, but that sounds scarier when I tell you before the year's end they'll have played thirty five. They'll play eleven games between, including tonight's game, between now and the thirty first of January. So like. That doesn't even make sense to me when you just like think about the day of the month it is right now, but they're going to do it one way or another. And like you said, that's, that's kind of what I'm worried about is, is getting too far away. And we'll circle back to you guys talking about the blues game coming up and we'll also circle back to Bennington casting spells. Do you think that like, (laughs) 
there will always be that weird spotlight and that weird energy between the Avalanche and Blues now that all that has passed with Bennington and all that's gone on, Jackie? I, <clears throat> yes, I do. Because I think the Blues are sort of the Avs' rival right now. Um, I do feel like it's Minnesota, even though a lot of people would hope, would disagree and kind of wish it wasn't. But um, yeah, especially after last year and the weird Bennington stuff, even though Kadri's gone, it it does just always seem like there is animosity between the two teams. And and now if they're fighting in the same position in the standings, that that's just going to add more fuel to the fire. So, um, and I think they're just a lot more dislikable than Minnesota. There, there's a lot of fun players on, on the wild now. I like, I don't hate them as players. You know, you <laughs> just don't like them because they're Minnesota. Right. But like <clears throat> St. Louis, you hate the players more, I guess exactly. you could say like you, um, so I do feel like there, there's still something there, even though, um, it's not exactly that about Bennington, but he's still just an idiot. So <laughs> yeah. that, that can, keeps on continuing. So it, it will be interesting to see if there's a little bit of juice there for that game coming up. Yeah. Well, thank you folks for, uh, we had 218 voters on that poll of the week, which I only think it lasted like a couple of days. So that's pretty good considering, you know, the dorkiness of the answers with the dented Stanley curse. <laughs> and you know, it's funny too. I sent out a tweet. I was like, Hey, I think we should just like write a, a like bunch of letters and send them to the keepers of the cup, like apology letters on behalf of the stand of the Colorado avalanche and just see if that maybe <laughs> starts reversing this injury curse. And although I, I hate to do it and keep talking about injuries, that's kind of my only choice. And I think, Jackie, you told me that you feel pretty confident in breaking down when you think a couple of people might be back. So just roll through them for me then, if that's how you All feel. right. I'll try my best <laughs> yeah, I, here. I was um, going to say, I, I tried for my opinion piece. So let's hear what Jackie said. <laughs> okay. Um, obviously, we expect Nichushkin back tonight, which would be fantastic. Be awesome. Um, Lekkanen, it does sound like he's on that concussion protocol, which – uh lasts about a week if you can progress through the steps without setbacks which it sounds like he has because you can see he's been skating and then skating with the group non-contact then today he skated with the group and took contact so i think he could even be a possibility for the blues game on sunday um great uh, helm it's a little difficult to peg with helm just because of his age how long the recovery's been that he had to have the second surgery but um, I would say maybe next week. It's really hard to, to peg a, a game at this point, but if you believe he's getting close and you believe he's continuing to progress, I don't think there's a lot of just him taking contact in, in a practice or in a morning skate seems like the last thing he needs to do. And then maybe sometime next week, I'd say uh, Rodriguez, he is on the ice skating I think it's a little bit less than what Helm and Lekkonen have been doing. Um, Benner reiterated the three to four week timeline, which the middle of next week, would, I believe, is three weeks. Okay. So um, I would say maybe by the end of next week or the beginning of the following week, yeah, if, if things continue to progress with him. Now, <clears throat> it's easier to say on all of those players I just mentioned because they've been on the ice. So once they appear on the ice, you can start to see the steps progress for them. Um, the ones that aren't on the ice, a little bit more tough to peg. Uh, with Byram, it's unfortunate because he was on the ice, and then now he isn't. 
So there seems to have been some sort of setback yeah. there. But I would imagine, because he waited three weeks from when he missed the game to get back on the ice. And I think he's been off the ice now at least a week. So I would say maybe in a week or two, you could start to see progress from him. And then, like I said, once these guys hit the ice, you can kind of figure about a week or two out for them. So I, if I had to say maybe by the end of the month, I also think the same for McDermott. I think he was briefly on the ice at some point, but not in like a lengthy. So I'd okay. say both of them the end of the month. Um, let's see who's left. Landy, uh, his three-week, or not three-week, three-month timeline would have put him in mid-January. I know he's been on the ice a little bit, not really in conditioning, but really just trying to see how the knee feels on the ice. Right. But the good news with him is that he's continuing to do it. So it wasn't just once. So I think he's really eager to get out there and and maybe push himself a little bit if everything still feels good. So I still think mid-January is a possibility there for him. Um, who am I missing? Well, McKinnon just got hurt, so a month would put him about – uh early january um manson um bednar said a month for him so i think he's about similar as mckinnon at this point i'd say early early january uh so hopefully you see like byron before the end of the year and then maybe you could see manson and mckinnon right after the new year yeah so what i'm hearing is is a good wave of forwards in yeah in the beginning of january and then a possible elite wave of forwards middle to late January. And then some defense help as well. In the middle, yeah. Middle to late January. So it sounds like, it really, Evan, it sounds like this is kind of a strategy. Because I bet you they're actually sitting some guys longer than they typically would. But I think given the situation, it's like if we can get all these back these guys back kind of all at once in order to insulate them from getting hurt again while somebody else is still healing. Um, maybe that's the smartest approach. What do you think? It could be a strategy. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought about it like that. Um, it could be a strategy. Um, it could also just be playing it safe. Um, but then if you play it safe, you run the risk of obviously right. running with this AHL team for, you know, the next month. And, you know, I know as I said it off air right before we started, but mentally just mentally prepare yourself for this month to be not the best yeah that's why i titled it daunting december because i kind of felt like (laughs) exactly we we, the bruins was kind of the precursor i feel like for how this month might shake out and it might not be as bad mm -hmm. as that but it's going to be definitely a shade of it yeah it's not it's it's not going to be like january of last season where you win all but one game because of a referee mistake that that's right who boy but anyway point being um you know, the the nice beneficiary of all this is that you get time to heal up and you have – it's early in the season still. And, you know, right. while it's early in the season still and you're at a playoff race right now at least, <laughs> um, you know, it's not it's not something to be too concerned about at the moment. You just have to get through this month, get McKinnon Rant- – or not Ranton and McKinnon, um, Landeskog, Helm, whoever else – back in January. Um, and then I know that, you know, Bowers is also, I think it was six weeks or something like that. Um, and then but he'd Maltz, be, he'll, he'll just go time. back to the Eagles. Yeah. yeah. He'll go back to the Eagles at that point, And so will Maltsev, but I know he's out also long-term. That was a, that was a bad injury, but 
kind of <laughs> excuse me kind of circling back to the to the playing it safe i guess strategy um i actually kind of think it's the opposite at least in terms of nachushkin because nachushkin is planning to return tonight um planning to be in the lineup from the sounds of it um which first off phenomenal great hopefully he has a big impact um you know lonely by himself on the second line or first line <laughs> or wherever bednar ends up putting him through <laughs> through the jumbly mess but i almost kind of feel like it's opposite because nachushkin hasn't been i feel like he hasn't skated for that long leading up to like you think he's been rushed back this. essentially yeah a little bit yeah compared to the other guys okay and i think that just might have something to do with just because you know there are 11 players out of the lineup mm-hmm. and you know there's there's so many holes to fill and not enough NHL caliber talent to get you there that Bednar has been wanting at least somebody different to come in. And, you know, he's finally getting that with Val. So, you know, I kind of think it might be opposite there because if I'm not mistaken, I think he's only skated for like a week, week and a half or so after his surgery. I'd have to go back and look on Twitter, but, but yeah. That, that makes sense to me too, actually, now that you mention it. But I think, like, I guess what I'm trying to describe isn't necessarily that they were like, oh, we're injured. Let's hunker down. I think, like, what we saw with McKinnon is that it's dangerous to put these elite talent guys out there with some of these AHL-type rosters. And it's almost better for the future of not getting re-injured that the big guns kind of all come back together so that they don't come back to a roster that might make them a little bit more vulnerable, especially when like, if you think about how many minutes McKinnon and McCarr were playing early on this season, you know, that's like not typical of early season hockey for your, your, your stars like that to be getting so much ice time. And it had everything to do with just injuries. So yeah, like I I could see how like right now it's more like what their focus is starting to turn toward, okay, now we need to get these guys back because we're kind of running out of time here. So I could see that with Nachushkin maybe taking less skates. I could see that, as Jackie said, with Landeskog kind of like testing the waters maybe more uh, than he typically would to get back a little bit faster. I know reports say that he's been pretty active, um, at least in the weight room, um, which I know is like really important for conditioning and stuff like that for a lot of these guys. So that's a good sign. One of the things I didn't really list on our script, but I did want to talk about with you, Jackie, was how has this whole injury wave impacted the Eagles? Um, has it kind of also left holes in their roster the, in a similar way? Um, definitely. And the crazy thing is they keep winning. I <laughs> I don't know offhand what it is, but I think they've only lost like once in the last 10 games wow. or something. I mean, something it, like that. Yeah, it, they've been going nuts. It it has been remarkable, and um, uh, they they have needed to bring up some players from the Utah Grizzlies, which uh, um, several of them were either on NHL contract like Clerman or AHL contract like Cam Wright, uh, Tarun Pfizer, uh, Ben Tardif. So these are at least um, uh, players that that are familiar with the system or in camp at at some point or something like that. So they're not just total like new faces, warm bodies. Um, I think they do have one guy in on a PTO. Um, the other crazy thing is they lost. Jarablyov went back to Russia and, and right. so did uh, Rob Hamilton, which that that's really shocking that, <clears throat> that uh, a Canadian would leave in the middle of the season to go to the KHL. Um, 
so they had to make a trade. They got David Ference. I, I believe he played with Bowers at um, Boston University. So I, I don't know if there was a connection there as the reason. But so they've done a little bit uh, to try to bolster their um, their depth there. But um, it really is a credit to the coaching staff because every single game, the lineup is different. There's somebody missing that's gone up to the abs. And um, I also think some of the prospects that are still there, like Olauson, um, Bocage, uh, um, you know, at times you had Foodie still there, t- uh, Ranta. A lot of them have stepped up too. Like maybe you don't really see it like, oh, they don't have 10 points in three games or something like right. that. But they, they've been leaned on, and I think that they've been good players for them. And, and also goaltending. Um, Jonas Johansson has played very well. Uh, down there um Ananen good as well but not quite as good as Jojo I think Jojo's been exceptional and that's really helped too so it is remarkable that they really haven't um suffered down there yet knock on wood yeah knock on wood it's interesting that you go ahead if you want I I just want to say it really quickly just looking at their results they lost two games in November and that was it wow they lost two games and then like they they've been on it and it's it's a sight it's incredible to see so that's uh, yeah that, perhaps perhaps to them and perhaps to the organization as a whole yeah well and Jackie made a good point in saying that like to her it has a lot to do with coaching and strategy and like I think you you would hope that like the same could hold true with the big guys up in for the Avalanche and Bednar but I just think the the talent uh, discrepancy when you lose actual nhlers is what we see there you know what i mean so i i think it was working like the, yeah. the abs did okay right like they had that four game they won every game on the road trip and won four in a row beat dallas but i just think after that they sort of slipped under like the mendoza line right like it was just too much like i do think sometimes teams can play maybe a little bit simpler and go through adversity and we saw it last year too. I remember they had a bunch of call-ups and they beat St. Louis and Minnesota early in the season. And um, it just happens. Like sometimes you think like, Oh, McKinnon's out. We're never going to win. And, and everyone sort of rallies, but there's a, there's a limit. Right. And I think they've hit that limit and it, it has been disappointing to see, like they just weren't competitive against Boston and we haven't seen this team not be competitive like that for a long time. But I think they'll be okay. I think even just getting like Nuke and Lekkonen will raise the tide a little bit. And so uh, <clears throat> I think, like you said, the same can happen for the Avs where um, where you're having the adversity, but through coaching and the system and everything that, that they'll still be okay. Yeah, and that's one of my questions, I think, in the next segment, which we can kind of just gradually and, and nonchalantly move into, which is the preview of tonight's <laughs> game. Um, do you think that there's like a specific strategy or approach with this sort of roster? Like, let me lay out an example. I really, really liked it when I think it was Brad Hunt absolutely destroyed Pasternak and then beat the brakes off the guy who decided to fight him because of it. Like, I'm not saying that that's like a strategy. That was the other hunt, Dryden Hunt. Dryden yeah, Hunt. Dryden okay, hunt. <laughs> Dryden Hunt. Brad, Brad Hunt's net. Yeah, we have two hunts. In the yeah. Right now. So it's going to be a blast. I guess that's not like an actual strategy, but my point is like, it seems like if if you embrace kind of the more gritty side of the typicalness of an AHLer and kind of 
bring that to the surface rather than, you know, try and hide it? Is that something that they can have success with or is that a slippery slope for you, Jack? It's um, it's tough because the, the abs don't in general play like the grind it out um, right. sort of style. <clears throat> um, like What both the abs and eagles have is they use their speed well. So I think that's something they, they can do and okay. they can really utilize with the the call-ups. Uh, okay. um, I do think that as far as like a strategy, and, and Benner's even mentioned it, I think they work to simplify things. I think the breakout will be simpler, like some of the, um, maybe what they do in the offensive zone, uh, things like that where you can't just expect three tape-to-tape passes. There's going to be more turnovers. I think if you're aware of that, if you're aware of um, – just just to maybe taking things down a notch. Gotcha. But I, I think they gotta stick to what they do best, like the speed and it and right. and that's what the Eagles do well. Um I, I don't necessarily see them as so scrappy. I don't really think the Eagles are, but you're right, like AHL just in general is more. Yeah. Um, but uh um so it will be interesting to see if if things have changed even a little bit more tonight, uh, because I think they definitely had to look at some things after those Boston games. Yeah. And Evan, you know, I think it's weird that we saw such a turnaround, even though we were losing more and more guys. Um, and, and Bednar mentioned this on Altitude this week, that he thinks a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was getting really, really elite goaltending to start this this injury wave. Do you agree with that? And what do you think is kind of behind maybe a, a, a regression from the keeping I I agree and I disagree with it because I I feel like maybe that comment was asking for more of his goaltenders. Right. Um. In situations like this, you know, you're gonna need your goaltender to bail you out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. And Georgiev has done that sometimes. Um. But I mean, he's also he's also not helped by the people in front of him. So, um, against his former team tonight, the New York Rangers. I mean, we we saw what he was capable of at Madison square garden earlier this year right. in, in that phenomenal win. Um, you know, so I, I definitely think because it is the New York Rangers and, you know, he's at home, he's going to have the the whole crowd behind him. Um, you know, he's going to be that same fiery self that he was in, in New York back in October. So um, I'm hopeful for that. And I'm hopeful for, you know, the team to kind of um, support him a little bit more and to kind of, to kind of launch off of what Jackie was saying about working more with the speed of the Eagles and things like that. Um, I'm not, I'm surprised yet. I'm surprised that, Ooh, English is hard. Jared (laughs) Bednar yet has not, um, has not like put together any of like the Eagles lines yet. Okay. I feel like he has to an extent, but like not fully. Um, They already have the chemistry of working together in the AHL um, working. And of course, you know, the AHL is obviously, very different from the NHL in terms of, you know, strength and, and, you know, ability wise and things like that. you know, you're not coming up against Connor McDavid in Loveland. Right. right. So, um, you know, trying, I, I maybe I think maybe that, that is maybe why he hasn't done that yet. Um, but you know, just, just a thought, but I'm not an NHL coach. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, well, it, it's interesting. You bring that up. Cause, uh, 
Foodie, Magna, and Cout were a really good line in the AHL when they were together, mostly at the end of last year. And you're right, he didn't really try that. I just think it's so easy. If you put them all together, it's so easy to just stop playing that line. Mm -hmm. So I like it better when it's mixed up because I think it gives the AHL guys more of a chance to keep playing. Other than that, they just like the bench gets shortened and they're not used anymore. I was so, so sad that McKinnon got hurt so early in that game because we were all just talking about like how cool it would be to see Newhook and Rantanen and McKinnon on the same line just to see if Ugh. that would open up some ice for Newhook. And sure as shit, Newhook gets a goal yeah. like two minutes into the game. And we, yeah, we saw it. Yeah, and it and was, it's... yeah, it was Ugh. looking exactly like what we were hoping for it to look like, which hopefully that also is true in the eyes of Bednar when things kind of start to come back to a semblance of normalcy because it would be nice to see if that is something that could unlock new hooks potential because if he could fit in the one on the first line and you could move Landeskog to the second line why the hell wouldn't you do it you know what i'm saying like that would be that would be a blessing in disguise you would think oh actually what ended up happening was Landeskog is our 2c the whole time and we didn't know it obviously in the grand scheme of like who's who's most impactful it's still Landeskog but in the event of trying to win games, think like that's that's a pretty ideal situation. So yeah, I was I was so sad to see that, but I hope when it kind of when they come back to health that they circle back to that idea. Evan, do you think that 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 would be something you'd like to see too? Yeah, I completely forgot that we had talked about that until you brought it up. That's oh, that hurts my heart now <laughs> that 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 happened. I forgot about that, but no, I I do think that would be a really good idea to try i mean who does new hook have tonight with him he's gonna have let's see comfort and... probably meet well isn't it would you think Nuiko and achushkin i i would think i would hope so yeah i feel like they'd want val on the first line maybe i don't know regardless that is point the being, first line yeah that should be the first <laughs> Shoot, line you're right <laughs> anywho look point hey, being, you're forgiven um, in this crazy time right now yeah, I know. Things are ridiculous. I was trying to think of like where would you put like Houdon then and then like John Lucy so and here's what here's what but... Puckpedia has right now. They got Newhook, Rantanen, Nachushkin, Cogliano, Confer, O'Connor, Dryden Hunt, Ben Myers, Charles Houdon, Jean Luc Foodie, Cal Burke, and Jacob McDonald. Backed up by Sammy G and Kale, Taves and A- EJ. Interesting. I wonder if that's correct. And Brad hmm. Hunt and Andreas England. I think uh oh, gosh, that's third pairing. play with right. Makar at least to start last game. So I think that part could be accurate. Okay. Um I w- I would hate to see Foodie on whatever fourth line it is with McDonald because yeah. like he <laughs> what what do you what on earth would you expect from that kid at that yeah. like he's been really good that, and he's that is been exactly good what I was thinking at creating for himself, but that's just such a like a death sentence, I think. <laughs> to play on a line like that. Yes. But... So he's with Cal Burke yeah. and Jacob McDonald. Cal Burke, he's the kid who was, who he played in Notre Dame, right? Yeah. Uh, so he, he's older. Yeah. He's even older than Ben Myers. Correct. I yes. believe. Yeah. yeah. I believe Cal, I, I think Cal's like 28 or something like that. Do you think we start to see Ben Myers kind of progress a little bit, or do you think he's also just not going to get much, given he's going to be the best line the best player on his line basically <laughs> i i hope so yes. i really hope so it it's I'm, tough sorry, to say ahead, because 
I do feel like they they're invested in Myers. Um, it will be very interesting to see. Like, does he stay at this point, or are they going to look to send him back once they get you know Lekin in and maybe somebody else next week? Um, because he's not good in the D zone, and I think that's really what they wanted him to work on in the AHL. And I still think he needs help in that area, but I could see it go either way where he can play center. He is good when the puck's moving forward. Are they just going to commit to him and live with it? Or is he going to get sent back? So I guess for tonight, I'd like to see maybe Myers and Foodie and Houdon. Mm-hmm. That's probably the line I'd like to see. And then you just have Hunt, um, Burke and McDonald and they can just never play. That's okay <laughs> too. <laughs> no, I, I like that idea. I like that. I like that. Yeah, let's Where, be honest right now. Number? Like the third line is 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 a fifth line. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. The second line is a fourth yeah. line. Yeah, the third line is a fifth line. The fourth line is a no line. Is a no is yeah exactly <laughs> is a no line. So if you can keep that no line and make sure they get no ice, like I'm fucking all on. Pardon my French. I'm all on board with that. <laughs> Don't worry, we're we're live on YouTube, baby, and I can beep that out in the recording. And that's actually yeah. something I, I haven't <laughs> been able to do yet. We're always so we keep it like PG thirteen most of the time. We're not like G rated. We're not Disney Channel stuff over here, but yeah, I, we're it's trying hard, to it's be hard good. to be Disney rated. <laughs> it's hard to be Disney rated with I've, all these injuries right now. Yeah, I've never had to go very YouTube Disney. the beep sound, so I can't wait for it. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just get a, a soundboard yeah. just get a soundboard and and when you're gonna say something then you, know, you gotta push the button. i think pg-13 allows for one right well, yeah at least PG one PG-13 has one yeah well the other day Mosier Mosier dropped the uh gd on live on the altitude airwaves <laughs> and I, I think he was talking about um he was talking about mckinnon because i think it was like simultaneously when the news dropped that it was going to be like at least four weeks and he he kind of just mm. started losing his mind live on air. So like it was like, oh Mosier, you you and all the rest of us, my guy. I, was say, I could I could see when Miko left the bench last the last game. At that point, you're just like, I you know we're, we're all we, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take <laughs> me now. Gone. I know it like got it kind of got <laughs> awkwardly awkwardly uh, grim on social media when or when McKinnon went down. I was like, okay, guys, we're getting a little bit carried away over here. But nonetheless, I think the Avs are capable of turning it around. For the fans, I threw up the bottom nine because I feel like, you know, let's let's talk about it. Um, we just did a little bit in terms of – You know of... it's real bad. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you, you know it's real bad when the, the image that pops up has three players without a number. Yeah, there's no number at the... all. <laughs> Yeah. There's no number for who for Hudon, for Burke, and for Foodie. Yeah. So that's when that's when you know it's it's real bad. Well, the other thing is Vegas is starting to be wise to all of this. Um and it's another question I put in the script, which is like I don't know if you if you if the two of you ever do any sports gambling, but you know, this is one of those weird times to be a fan because your heart tells you and Jackie, you told me you always you always bet against your favorite team in the event that they lose. So you hedge your bet. That's pretty smart. But like I'm the type yeah. I I typically bet with my heart. But right now it's 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 impossible. Like the Abs are home dogs to the. I was surprised. Honestly, I was surprised when I saw that that they weren't favored at home. That was like ouch. Right. I think it's the natural response though when the Bruins just came in and shut us out at home. But the kicker for me 
is Gorgiev against his former team. So, Evan, you talked a little bit about Gorgiev, and I want to make sure that everybody listening knows that it's Alexandar, not Alexander. I want to make that clear for the ESPN crew, too, because I have a feeling they're going to throw that E in there at some point. Uh, but tell me, like, do you think he's he's poised for another performance like we saw earlier on in the year or is that just something we can't we can't be realistically expecting from him night in and night out i'm i'm hopeful that i'm hopeful my heart says yes that we're gonna get that you're hopeful that you're that hopeful. performance occurrence <laughs> that english is hard i'll blame it on my college finals since it's final time but i'm i'm hopeful that we're gonna get that same performance that we got in new york my head is telling me that it's gonna be really hard for that to happen just because of the guys in front of him, like I said. Right. Um, but with that being said, I, I I said it when I went onto the onto the folks over at Philadelphia Flyers on their podcast um, on SB Nation. But I, I I'd said like the nice thing about Georgiev is that you know he's started his career as an Avalanche a whole lot better than his previous yeah you know the previous goaltenders that have been here. I mean, you look at Kemper's first starts, you look at Grubauer's first starts. He really they both really really struggled. Um, and Georgiev so far has not, um, that might change just because like his numbers might go down just because of the fact of the players that he has in front of them. Right. Um, you know, I, I think it was a point point nine one eight um, percent safe percentage. Um, I think his goals against average is somewhere around two. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something to be proud of and, you know, glad that he's still here obviously not knock on wood not not with everybody else on the IR um so you know when you when you look at at both of them uh when you or look at both of them when you look at Georgiev you know you're you're hopeful that he's able to to pull out another performance tonight um and you know his team is relying on him at this point ultimately um you know I know Bednar I did I don't know if Bednar actually talked about it I might be lying but um, you know, you you're, you're hopeful that you're, <laughs> I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be missing, misinforming <laughs> people here, but, um, you know, you want your goalie to steal games, like I said earlier. So, yeah. um, hopefully, you know, we get that New York Ranger performance from earlier this year against the New York Rangers again tonight. Um, and it would be, it would be a great way to stop the skid. I'll, I'll say that. I, I don't remember the last time the Avs lost three games straight, to be quite honest. So I was looking at you know, last. Hopeful. Yeah, I was looking at last year's schedule, and I I want to say it happened like once at the beginning of the season, and the, and we're talking regulation losses here, uh, and then I don't know that it happened again until the very end of the season, and even when they lost on the way out at the very end of the season, I'm not even sure that it was all three straight regulation losses. So it really has been a long time since the fans especially have had to endure um, <laughs> a time frame like this. And you can see it like it shows <laughs> it shows that that we've been spoiled um, lately because like a lot of uh, abs fans have like gone totally off the rails on Twitter talking about trading people and whatnot. But, you know, Jackie for you is it time to pull the ripcord or you are you still pretty confident in this team going forward oh sure i think i think we'll see better and it'll be it'll get incrementally better yeah um and like i said sometimes adversity pulls everyone together so even just like two more nhl players in the lineup i really do think will make a difference and um and they'll be a lot more competitive than they were 
Um, no, I I wouldn't say I would I would lose hope. Um, definitely losing a goaltender would be bad. I'll, I'll knock on some wood too. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, it, it's nice that we won the cup so that it, it doesn't feel like a an opportunity slipping away right. that we at least climb the mountain once. So it should be more like if this season totally goes terrible, they still have their first round pick. If they say pick top 10, like it just, everything is a disaster and they pick top 10. So what they're going to get, a, this is a great draft. They don't even need to get Bedard to get a great player. If they even got a, another a top 10 pick, I mean, the talent infusion they get from that is something they really need. And then you have your core, you still have your core next year. You're still going to bring back McKinnon and Rantanen and, and McCarr and a lot of the other good players. So in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's not even that bad, even if this season goes in the toilet. But like at the end of the day, they'll still be fine and they'll still have several more opportunities to win the cup again. So I don't want to see any panic trades. Don't get rid of that first. They need it. They're yeah. going to need the talent. It's just not worth it. And 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 this team will be fine moving forward for years to come. Yeah, I agree with Don't you. Like we had our Jackie's window. Facts. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Jackie with the facts. We we had our window yep. and we hit. Yep. We hit already. If we get anything else, it's kind of icing on the cake. We want to, of course, we want to go back to back. We want to start a dynasty. Yeah. But the reality of the situation is that's a very difficult thing to do. As we were beaten over the face with repeatedly in the Stanley Cup final, it's hard to go back to back. And we, everyone said, tip your cap to the lightning, tip your cap to the lightning. And I was the first one being like, ah, whatever, whatever. But, I mean, we're not even a month, two months into the campaign of trying to repeat, and it's like, whoa, okay, I totally get what they're saying. That's a difficult thing to do. So moving on, we'll, we'll, it all kind of starts with tonight, at least for us. Um, bold prediction time, Rangers avalanche tonight. We'll start with you, managing editor Evan. You go first. Ooh, bold prediction. I don't even remember what my last bold prediction was, so I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you the results of it. But um, I a name that I shouted out once tonight already, but I wish we did more, was Charles Houdon. Okay. Because um, he's he's been really good in his first couple of games here. Um, so I think you kind of know where this is going. Goal time? Uh, Houdon goal time yeah baby we got a goal call uh, need to get that button i hope there. he he deserves it he really does deserve it and if he's with the right guys if bednar decides he wants to put him with with foodie um i guess not cap because he's not with the abs anymore but put him with foodie you know i think that only helps his chances Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we got a Houdon goal prediction from Evan and folks don't forget to head on over to milehighhockey.com for any of your pregame and preview needs. We also have a a live thread that you can follow on Twitter. We basically will walk you through exactly what's going on in the game. If you don't have access to watching it, which I know is actually, unfortunately a common theme around these parts, especially regionally. So we'll continue with you, Jackie, your bold prediction for tonight's game against the Rangers. Okay, um, I believe my last bold prediction was McCarr finally gets the hat trick, which, heck, if they even scored three goals at even strength, we'll probably be happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> or even he, one. Did, he did get on the board, um, though, so you weren't, you weren't too far off. Yeah. yeah. I do want to say, 
Um, if I was going to pick a depth goal, I'd love to see Trudy score. But um, I will put this bold prediction out there that he is the last call up standing. Oh. I want to put that out there in the universe. I so, like that. The, so I'm going to bet on my guy foodie and that he's impressed enough and he's still around that that he outlasts like myers and and hudon they i doubt they'll cut hunt but um but foodie's the last uh, call up standing so jean-luc foodie is the last surviving call up once these injured avalanche start to return to the lineup i like that prediction and i think that would bode well for the depth of the avalanche if the return of those injured injured players goes like to plan to have a, a kid like Jean-Luc Foudy who will have played probably close to like 10 or 15 games. If he stays in the lineup by the time he's, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he's going to have some pretty solid experience here in the next month or so if he's able to stick around. So yeah, I like that a lot. I like that bold prediction. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of keep it rolling with the young guys. Cause I think that's fun to like talk about some of these kids who you didn't really expect to be in the league. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the kid from Notre Dame that I talked about earlier. I think Burke's getting on the board tonight. I'm not going to say a goal. I'll just say a, a, a helper. I think he's going to get a helper. So that's my bold prediction. I hope it comes true, but I think the boldest of predictions would be that the avalanche secure a, a solid victory. If they get a victory, it's going to be in a close game. I, I think you, you two would agree with that. Yeah. If they get a victory, yeah. I'm I'm going to the bars tonight. <laughs> I don't I don't care that it's finals time up here. I'll, I will go to the bars uh, because uh, that would I would be I'd be thrilled. I would be thrilled with yeah, that. Yeah, same here. Well, you two are the best. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I know sometimes my my cues are a little uh, impromptu to join the cast, so I appreciate the two of you for always being open to doing so. Thanks for hosting. Right on. We don't have a show if we don't have a host. Yeah. (laughs) Heck, that's true. I'm Adrian Hernandez. This is the Mile High Hockey Lab brought to you by milehighhockey.com. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please be sure to head on over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Audible, and you can find this podcast in its recorded form on those podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter. All three of us are available. You'll see all three of us and our Twitter links through the at Mile High Hockey Twitter. Mile again, I'm Adrian. Let's go beat the Mile Rangers tonight. You two have a good one. Thanks again. Have a good one.